0: Hey, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Coming to you live from, where am I now? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm in Townsend, Montana. Um, Tonight our show is sponsored by our friends at Compton Family Wines out of Philomath, Oregon. Tabitha and the family, um, they will give you a $15 discount off your first two bottles of wine. Um, If you go on their site and just put slash Rick, it'll take you right to the site. You sign up. you get $15 off your two bottles. Also, Dr. Michael Bratlin with Chris Dental Family Dentistry. He believes that uh, you have the freedom of choice to pick your dentist. Um, He's not concerned with anything but your health to make sure that you are healthy so that uh, he's very open and he wants to make sure that he has free People come into his place. Everybody is welcome. That's his thing. And also Matt McCarl over at New Leaf Hyperbarics, where uh, if you're hurting or aching, there's no excuse for that. Uh, You can get your hyperbaric treatment or light therapy. And uh, Matt is one of our longtime sponsors, and he will be here tonight as well. We have a special guest in the studio. Let me bring up the open first, and then we'll do live from Montana, an Oregon candidate for House District number 16. How's that? We come all the way to Montana just to do that. That's my new open. That's, awesome. That's <laughs> an awesome open. Here we go. There we go. Joining us now. I'm going to bring that all the way over here. And I'll push this little thing over here so you can look up. All right, my man. Tell them who you are, Keith.
1: Hey, hi. Hi, everybody in Oregon and Montana. I'm Keith Limke. I'm running for House District 16 in Corvallis, which is basically Benton County. Before I get started, I do want to throw one out to Compton's Vineyard though. It's a great place, great wine, and if you guys get to go there, do it. Unfortunately, they're no longer in my district. It was redistricted last year. We'll
0: talk about that in a second. So you are tell them about your past because you've got kind of a
1: yeah, I've got kind of a
0: weird past. So um, first, tell them why you're here in Montana. So I mean, yeah. we can do this via the internet, but um, Keith was coming here anyway, so kind of explain. To them.
1: Yeah, so I'm actually from Montana. I grew up on, uh, my dad worked for the Bureau of Indian Affairs for a long time, and I grew up in the Fort Belknap Reservation, which is, for you in Oregon, you don't know where that is, but it's all the way up near the Canadian border. And so I would visit him this, this year, or this week, um, and so he just wanted to give us a bunch of stuff, so I brought my son up, and we just collected a bunch of stuff, and then I'm taking it back down to Idaho for my son, and it was giving me a chance to see him, and I just got there. You know, the opportunity to drop in to see you. So he's on a road
0: trip, yeah. and he comes to Townsend, Montana. We're going to go out and have a couple of beers at the at the local brewery because his son was also a, is a brewer, <laughs> not brewing now. But we thought, hey, if we're going to be here, we might as well get some expert advice. Exactly. Today. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know what, it was awesome. I want to know what you're doing. So you grew up on the Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. What that gives you a different perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, what it does is it gives a perspective on culture. Uh, one of the things, one of the reasons I'm running is, uh, in, as we get more into history, because I spend a lot of time overseas working with other cultures, but we have an attack of culture and values in our, uh, in our society now. And I, I think there's a large portion of the society that just isn't being heard by anybody, particularly in Oregon. And if you're going to have peace and you're going to have tranquility and, a, and if you're going to have a society that's working, everybody's got to be heard. And that's what I learned at the reservations growing up. Uh, we tried to force their culture to change the Native American culture, and first of all, we did it by guns in the 19th century, and early 20th century. We did it by force, and then we, you know, then when I was growing up, we had the New Deal, right, or the New Society. I'm sorry, from Johnson, which was really working inward, uh, trying to change the family structure and all that. And what we didn't destroy with guns and money, we
0: destroyed with education and. Other money. So growing up on the reservation, you saw firsthand what heavy-handed government does Absolutely. to people. It was all big hearts. All the big well, they, hearts. Yeah, they, they, they thought they were doing the right,
1: right. thing. Right, but the effect was totally different. In fact, my mother was a huge Democrat up until she taught on the reservation, up until she saw what happened. And then she saw the effects of the policies that she thought would have been really great. It was really Johnson's new society, if you go back to them and the assumptions that knew them. And it really destroyed the infrastructure of the family and the tribal culture that was so important. It was really the glue that held their societies together. And it's taken this long for those societies to come back together. They're, they're just starting now. Right. And so that caused her to quit the Democrat party back then because they wouldn't change. They just doubled down what wasn't, and she just got frustrated. Well, that was what I looked, that's what I learned. And that's what I looked at or, or studied as I was growing up. And later I would go on the army to other countries and I'd see the same thing. And so, and I see the same thing in our communities now, um, the culture's changing. And so that's why I got involved. I think I think it's wrong. I, I think at some point we're gonna wake up to that fact and we gotta have alternatives we we gotta have movements going represent some of all their alternatives to people to go to. So your dad
0: worked for the BIA? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, he was a BIA. So the BIA, and correct me if I'm wrong, so that was the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs came in right. and and really tried to make people assimilate. Yes. And yep. so did your dad see that that was not working? Well, he, he changed. I mean, initially when he came in,
1: he was, you know, big heart, going to go out and save the world. And they were trying to change them to farming at that time and this was even in the 60s and they've been change, trying to do that for 80 years you know by that time but the problem is is the, the, the whole fiber of what they thought was important as people right uh wasn't farming and, and we we in the west tried to force them through religion right and also through uh, uh econ- economic means which is farming to try to force them into that box. And it just didn't work. And it
0: wasn't working even in the 60s. So it even changed him and his approach. So how are we still doing that today, do you think? How do you see that still? Happening?
1: Well, I, the, what,
0: what happened in the 70s
1: and the 80s, and the American Indian Movement was a big push for this, um, it, it caused kind of a hands-off approach. Um, and and it, caused, it caused the government to, okay, back off and let, let the societies try to figure out how they're going to fit in to the new world and they're still wrestling it. if you go to the neighborhood if you go into any reservations they're still wrestling with that um but they're slowly evolving they're finding their niche in the world and but it's got to be them that figures out how
0: to do that not an outside culture forcing them into that park. so is that what you see kind of the white culture doing to <laughs> to black america to latino america to
1: well yeah exactly for, for instance um in corvallis um we have 16% of the, the population in Cravals are on the team. Well, the liberal side or the Democrat side, and, and most of them are probably registered Democrats because that's been the force. But the problem is, again, the people I talk to are getting very frustrated because they feel like their social values, the family particularly, uh, their, their religious values, uh, those, those things from Catholicism or whatever religion they came from or the country that it came from. Uh, those values are being totally ignored. And they're worried about their kids because their kids aren't getting... I mean, they're they're given, like, I call them lickies and chewies. The government gives them little things, you know, a little bit of money here and, you know, welfare there and a little bit, but they're not giving them the opportunities they need to become part of the society and their culture that they came from is not being allowed to be part of the melting pot because their family
0: are in it, right, and, and their religious faith. So we can say it and we we preach it that we're doing this, right. but but the reality is we're doing it from almost the same thing we did to the Native Americans. Here's the white man way we do right. it. Instead of going, what's the native way to do it? So right. instead of going, what's the Latino way? Yeah, what's the Black culture way? Right. We're going in and being do-gooders with right. probably good hearts. Yeah, so we shove this, and people are like, this doesn't. This yeah. and it's caught up with them. Yes,
1: and you know we're saying here's the progressive way, right? Here's the literal. Which I question.
0: The word progressive means right. you're moving on, moving to a better place. And I'm saying all this progression being very regressive.
1: Well, you gotta remember, you know, when, when, when we came over, everything we were teaching the Indians was going to be progressive, right? The religion and industry and all that. So to make them better. To make people. them better people, right? right? To the point where we would separate kids from the family, and then when we put them back together, we would destroy the family because we give incentives for the husband to lead the, the wife. They'd get more welfare that way. Uh, just bad, bad policy, great intentions, but really bad results. Um, but we see the same thing within, I see the same thing within the, uh, the communities, even in Corvallis. 47, they redistricted, they gerrymandered
0: the district last Which, year. Which, yeah, and you guys, if you don't know what that means, it's when one party um, really um, tips the scale. I even heard an interview where DeFazio said on the 4th District, um, well, I think we've redistricted enough so that um, now that I, it's going to be okay, I can step down and some other Democrat will go. Right, exactly. See, I mean, it, 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 nobody hides it, and yet it happens all the time yeah. anyway. Go ahead. Well, my competitor, the, the,
1: the Democrat, is, is a guy by name Dan Rayfield. He's the, he's the chairman of the House of, of the Assembly, the State Assembly. Probably a smart guy, young guy, very young Probably a really great guy. I don't know him. He Probably means really well, but they want to make sure he stays in power for their agenda to, to continue on. So what they did is they redistricted uh, the district, which was basically Benton County. So now it's 48% Democrat registered, 16% Republican, 34%, um, 35% non, non-affiliated, and then 4% independent, and the rest are all kind of the last 2.5%. And they did. They did that obviously intentionally, right? To
0: get him reelected, right? Without having to put it doesn't matter what the voice of the people is; it's get your party in, like right? It.
1: And so, and how they did that is they broke off Philomath. Oh, by the way, and that's Compton's. That's where Compton's vineyard is, and that was so they of, took Philomath out of that that house mm-hmm. district sixteen, and they took the conservative parts of Albany out and mixed it with. Going north towards a
0: more liberal place, so it then equalizes what is now Albany. What's interesting about the redistricting too is uh, some uh, group, uh, a really liberal group out of the East Coast, did a study and they said Oregon's was totally unfair. Yeah, and yet everything you hear out of Salem and all the people around the Democratic Party and oh, this was the no, it was fair. I mean, it, it's just when you got think tanks outside the area saying you guys really screwed this up
1: yeah when you get into the details and, and and frankly if i were them i'd do the same thing right i mean if i wanted to keep in power i would do the exact
0: same thing but it doesn't represent the people so i'm going to run a couple of commercials here real fast and then when we come back you served in afghanistan yes so i want to find out what you saw in afghanistan how america did the same thing exactly so okay so let's let's get a couple of uh, commercials up here real quick
2: The Pinot Noirs are best between six and eight years. They're kind of their prime. And this is our 2016 Llewellyn Pinot Noir. So in our tasting room, we uh, were on our 2016, which is kind of a treat to get to taste that old of a vintage. And this is our old vine collector series. And then we do have our garden series wines too. So two different price points. This is the higher tier. And this is the, um, I say an economical tier. But also just a lovely wine this is mainly that's up there nationally distributed as our garden series wines
0: and again if you guys go to compton family wines slash rick you'll get 15 dollars off your first two bottles of wine so um talk to me about afghanistan so you served what what, what did you serve in well so i retired out of the
1: military in 2007 as lieutenant colonel, and i've been in iraq and I hadn't really been in Afghanistan, but I always wanted to go to Afghanistan. So I ended up contracting as an advisor for the Afghan army. And then I ended up staying there for 14 years in all different capacities. Um, Basically intelligence advising, we were building capacity. And so what I found in Afghanistan more than anything else was that we represented a very small government that was very progressive. You know, and their vision was to, to evolve Afghanistan into a social welfare state. But the army that we were using to help them, the recruits all came from half of the country uh, that, under the Taliban, had been oppressed by tribal and basically they're, they're, they're the type of Islam. They're all Islamic. It's just the fiqh of Islam, the fiqh being the jurisprudence, how they practice the law. Okay. Right? It's different amongst all the different tribes. And so you had the big group down below, which are the Pashtun, the Dilban, and the Hanafis. Those are the, that's the recruiting base on the Taliban. Well, they were basically taking on all the minorities and that was the Taliban movement and they were winning. When we went in, the, the, the minorities, tribes who practice different things, they kind of, we helped unite them against the Taliban. Okay. And then we joined them as the army and the security forces to the government. But the government values didn't represent the army that we were using to fight the taliban really so we became the glue between the two and so if you look at the constitution which was which was a uh, at best academically you could call it a, uh, a negotiation between the progressive welfare system which was the united nations bill human rights and islam and what they put islamic uh, you know, words and a little bit of fluff around it, but it was really a progressive welfare state, and so it never really was adopted by the majority of the population as the values they wanted to live by. So the war really became one group of tribes with an Islamic feet fighting another group of tribes with an Islamic feet for the power with the government being the guys who are getting all the money from the outside and distributed. Wow, that's what it became in my mind, right well. From an institutional point of view, from the U.S. point of view, it became very defensive, right? Because institutions—they're trying to put their heart and soul into this, and they want to make it work. The NATO wants to make it work because if you're going to produce this progressive state uh, that's going to fit into the uh, new—I don't uh, uh, engagement with the rest of the world. You got to get them off. They, in their mind, you got to get them off the travel Islamic values, and you need to get them more towards an industrialized nation state, progressive welfare state. Right? So
0: we were trying to force them towards that. So know? isn't that? I don't. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mind being stupid. I love getting educated. Isn't that the same thing we did to the? It's the same the, thing. The Native Americans here. Yeah. Yeah. So we realize that it's wrong to do it to the Native Americans, but we. Going to Afghanistan yeah, it's exactly like we forgot all those lessons. And we're still doing the same things in Latino culture. We're still doing the same things in the black culture. Yeah. We're trying to pretend like we're giving you this great opportunity, but we're really trying to make you like us. Right. As opposed to going, here's a big we problem. have an idea, we want a social state, with the progressive. Right. And we're gonna push you into this place because it's gonna be good for you. Right. Well and to do that, we gotta
1: do several things. We gotta get rid of religion. That's an old Marxist theory. That comes and right. that's that's why the uh well, that's Isn't a, that's a, the same
0: thing that's going on in our country today? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so so if you look at, the, you got to get, so you do you separate, is that the code, is that the theme like as a military people to go in and you divide and separate? No, people? no, no,
1: the military is working for security, but it's the goal of the architecture of the State Department. The whole, it is, it, that was the international movement, right? That was more of the international goal. Because if, if you can take a third world country like Afghanistan and bring it into a place where, you, you've kind of pushed aside the, the, the tribal and Islamic values as being the predominant and, and place a more progressive international view. And if that's successful, then you found the success, you know, that's the key to success on whatever you do in the world. And that's how you help to, uh, bring the whole world, I guess, into peace and harmony.
0: Is that possible?
1: I, well, no, it's, it's the people that have to decide the in our culture, we evolved. We have. If you go to the, you know, we started where we still had slavery in our constitution. But we built a system, and as the Bill of Rights to be, was the most important part because it's an agreement between individuals and the supreme power. where the, in, in the individual authorities or rights were actually the part of the values that, even though at that particular time we did some horrible t- things to people, and I got that, but those were the values that allowed us to evolve out of that. It allowed us to go all the way through Civil War, where a third of our population basically suffered, you know. And so it was, it was that system of values that were created for this country that became our culture that allowed us to evolve out of that to where now, you know, in the 70s and 80s, the big thing was we diversity, right? Bring everything together. And I'm all for diversity, but it still has to be under a common theme. And the common theme was every individual was equal right? right period regardless of anything right and oh by the way there were some laws that are just they're natural laws right so not everything is a, is a man-made construct
0: and some of those are truths right and you have to have truths so hold that thought for a second okay day. i love to talk about truth um let's get two more advertisers in
3: here matt mccarl Hello everybody, Matt McCarl with New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness. And we're going to talk a little bit about hyperbarics and why. So hyperbarics and the easiest way to think about hyperbarics is oxygen therapy under pressure. So you're breathing oxygen from one of our concentrators and then you're in this nice vessel right here. It's rather large, room enough for two grown adults actually, once it's fully inflated. In here you're ten feet below sea level which allows us to put four times the amount of oxygen in the body. And since oxygen is a natural anti-inflammatory, detoxifier, immune booster, stem cell producer, collagen producer, and it does all these amazing things for us, we just normally use every bit of it on a daily basis just for our body to function. In the chamber, since we're putting four times the amount of oxygen in your body, that anti-inflammatory effect is equivalent to taking forty motrin or twelve thousand milligrams of ibuprofen. If you would like to know more, look us up online at newleafeugene.com or find us on Facebook. Or give us a call 541-636-3278.
2: It's never good to have too far to the right and too far to the left. I think it's always it, it, and 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 that's why, like you know, the Betsy Johnson. You know, I am I, paid for one of her boards to be up. Uh, I don't believe in everything she her her everything that she has voted on, but I I think she's a good hearted person. And she believes yeah. she believes that she believes uh, that she can work with Republicans and Democrats, and I think that's what we need more of: people that are willing to work actually to be in be in power and and not just go extreme to the right, or extreme to the left, but something that's willing to kind of work with everybody. And she is. That's what I yeah. like her. Well,
0: she and she, I think she loves Oregon, and she yeah, wants she to. She doesn't want to be governor. She wants to lead the state, and that's a big difference. There's a lot of people who want to be governor.
2: Um, yeah, Brown. and I, I'm, I'm going to say this too, Rick. Sorry, is that, you know, I don't know a lot about the Repo- Republican candidate, and and I probably you know I'll, I'll know more later on. But right now, I really do like Betsy Johnson. She's just a good-hearted person yeah. that is sincere and, and and wants to see less crime, wants to see less uh, uh, homeless. She wants to take care of the homeless problem, and uh, and she she believes in gun rights, and so you know, I think she's a good person.
0: So let's talk about that, like Corrales, okay. what? First of all, I guess I want to ask you, why the hell do you want to do this? You're retired. You obviously don't need the $2,000 or whatever the smeezy little fee that they pay you. Um, Keith, why do you, why do you care? Um,
1: well, because I spent most of my life fighting for other people's values and culture. And then I come back to the United States and I see this riff in my own backyard. And I think there's a balance required for all issues. All decisions should needs to be a balance. In other words, I'm not against one side or the other side, but I don't think that you should be using force to prevent one side from talking versus the other side. And so I want to get involved. It, you know, I also substitute on the side, by the way. And, um, and the fascinating thing about kids is they always complain. They always have complaints. They say, okay, we'll do something about it. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm going to complain about it, then I kind of have to look myself in the mirror and go, okay, do something about it. So I want to get involved. And the issue is, can you change anything? I think you can start movements, right? I think you can lay seeds and, and start social movements that will build over time. And I think we'll bring a little bit of common sense back into, the bit, especially when things fail and then they're doubled down and they fail bad. Because if a bad policy fails, one thing I've learned overseas and on the reservation is when they fail and you pour more gas on it, right.
0: it doesn't get any better. Don't you find that interesting i find people you know they yell at me and scream at me because i'm like well, if it's not we're a year into what we're doing here and our inflation yeah. is at 9.1 something isn't working so rather than just pretend okay so i i made a mistake we got the wrong person or whatever yeah we keep sticking up for these people and yeah. allowing it to just get worse and worse and worse yeah. and at some point you have to say okay it didn't work now what do we do differently you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Oh. Because I, I watched that overseas. You know,
1: we did the same thing for one year at a time for 20 years. It never worked. The next guy would come in and do the exact same thing. Right. Even harder. And it wouldn't work for the same
0: reasons. So, no wonder soldiers got so frustrated. Oh, yeah, they yeah, got you Just saying we're here. If, if we asked any of you what would be the right thing to do, you all knew. And you couldn't do it. Well, there was I think there's debate in that. But the thing is, there
1: never was a debate. During that entire time, you never had those... I mean, I... I Sorry. <laughs> it happens. I felt like there was a lot of us, but we were kind of a minority. But we'd been there for a long time. I, I was there for a long time. I worked a lot with the tribes, whereas most people did. I, I worked from district all the way up to... People, And I kind of understood what the problems within the society that were we're creating the friction at the local level. Not at the Kabul national level, but at the local. level, And no one cared. But that was the recruiting base for both sides. So how how is that happening in Corvallis? Same thing. There is so much frustration within the different groups of people within Corvallis. You know, the non-affiliated most of those quit one of the parties or the other
0: because they just gave up. Right.
1: That's thirty six percent of the population of the pro- What I think Oregonians
0: don't understand right now is there are more non-affiliated voters right. in Oregon than there are Democrats. Right. And uh, than there are Republicans. Not together, right. but separately. They passed the Republicans a couple of years ago. Yeah, but this year they just passed Democrats. So that means Democrats and Republicans, you don't own the conversation. Yeah. No, now, the problem with those non-affiliated which I was one um, is then we don't I, I think a lot of them have given up yeah. they have. They don't vote Yeah, they just don't vote at all so now you've got two groups of people going at each other and, and the same thing people have to get right. in there and say something because it is their voice and I know the Asian community are frustrated because the attack what they see on the family you know the, the Do you think the movement is like out of touch with what it, it's so loud and so overbearing that it drowns out everybody, but you're, you can drown people's voice out, but that doesn't change who they, what they feel. Well, right. I mean, and it's,
1: it's, it's just like the, the LGBTQ, AI++ community. I feel for them. I don't, no one hates them. Okay. And I definitely don't hate them for a lot of different reasons. Some of them are personal. To be called hateful is wrong, but the issue is they represent a portion of the population. But you can't forget about everybody else right. at the expense of that. Right. I'm not saying you exclude them, not at all. I'm saying that that's part of the melting pot of all the values. Right. And there are so many people that feel like they've been excluded. And in the Hispanic community,
0: family and their religious values have been kind of thrown off the side. I mean, you can't you can't pick on Catholics and expect the latino community who's highly catholic well imagine to come being, in and
1: support you your imagine imagine your whole society being around the church right from where you came from right and then you come to the united states and that's still the bond that's how you assume that's how you're getting the strength assimilating the society and you can't meet because of covid but if you belong to i don't know another group uh, you know protesters so yeah it's okay Right. you know so i mean how how do you, how do you justify that as being just See,
0: i think that hit all of us really hard i think that was a huge mistake on the government's part which is a, good yeah a good mistake because it revealed their true heart and when you shut everybody else down don't let them go to their synagogue don't let them go to their church don't let them go to their school don't let them worship or just hang out in some way and then you have protesters come in and you say not a word and they destroy downtown Portland, they destroy Eugene. um, And then you, I'm sorry, you just lost a ton of people going, and you can talk louder than us and you can yell it and you can make it culturally the way it's supposed to be. But I think what's happened is the scale has tipped and all of a sudden we're not shutting up anymore and we're saying, no, you don't run the conversation. Let's not just. I mean, simply, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to try on the justice warrior suit from the
1: other perspective. It's not just okay. Right. Why? Why does one group get to yell and do everything they want, but another group, you can't? You're, you're, because we don't agree with your
0: particular social social values. Right. I mean, really. I mean, that's what we're going to. So say, you're right? that right. And, and I'm that wrong. That right. you can't. But I've seen that in the news business. It is. When yeah. I worked in the news business, you'd see people. There were people who were pro, let's say, the abortion issue. Pro the abortion right. issue. They could go cover it. My news directors would let them go cover it. Yeah. But because I had a different stance on that, then I was not allowed to cover it. Right. And you're going, wait a second. So I don't do anything. I don't protest. I don't. All I do is I have a personal feeling about it. Right and this person's on committees, working in the community of, of choice, right. and you get to go cover this. Does right. does that? I'm sorry, I, you you that is so unjust, and it and it's, it is, it's, and, and it is a justice issue, and, and that's the problem. And you know, when people feel that, when
1: people feel that's unjust, and understand that's what's ironic about that. That's that's the point of view of say Antifa. Or BLM. That that was the whole sub thing about BLM. It's unjust how we've been historically treated. Right. Okay. And granted, I'm not going to argue that. No one argued that that I know of. But the issue is to say that the other groups can't say anything is just as unjust. Right. And so now you're choosing who you're going to be just to and who you're going to be unjust to. And that is not dangerous. That's that's, That's dangerous. And it creates a conflict. A per, or a perceived attack on culture and values, and that perceived attack is what causes more conflict. Right. Every I've been involved in ten, ten, uh, I would say, in cultural conflicts around the world. Afghanistan being one of them, And Iraq was one too. Um, they or were. And you growing up here, in, in the
0: reservation.
1: I saw every day on the reservation, every single day. Going to school was a conflict of cultures, you know. And so I, I've lived with that my whole life. And I'm going to tell you that if one feel side feels that you're not being listened to and the other feel side is getting favored, that creates massive tension. And it doesn't help anything. And in fact, what it causes is ultimately violence because
0: you feel like you have no other choice. And we've got to prevent that from happening. So don't, don't you think sometimes than the other? What I think, you may have a win in the beginning. Where I think during, let's take it protests. Yeah. So for a while, they, you know, it kept happening, kept happening, and people just sat back and you couldn't say anything because you'd get, I mean, Facebook would literally knock you off. Right. If you said anything. And so, so there was a win for a while for that, 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 that voice. But, but what you don't understand, I think, is that when you quiet people down, they go inside mm-hmm. and they dig their heels in. Yeah. And it's like, and we can be silent, but when you push too hard, And that's what's happening right now. I think it's this whole voice is raising up and going, okay, huh, you've gone way too far.
1: Well, yeah, the frustration's raising. And then, and and then what's worse, what's even worse is you have, you know, you start, you know, and, and I don't care what anybody thought about Trump. That's not the discussion. But the thing is, if now you're a Trump supporter, which is 70 million people, you have a commission in Washington, D.C. that says you're potentially a bad person. Why, for speaking my mind. Right. I mean you know, when when Antifa was burning the city, it was it was uh, what was the, the term? It was basically peaceful or
0: it was uh, the term that was used, it was uh, it was a uh, uh, it mainly, mainly, peaceful. mainly peaceful protests as were right. burning as the court and destroying right. businesses. And so
1: now you're gonna use January sixth as well that's not mainly peaceful, that was everybody right. is a particular insurgent absolutely horribly terrifying to me right that they would politically any organization from right left center i don't care what organization in the world that they would politically and then they would pull in a political favorite from the uh, justice department and so so using politically favored people in the institutions of state to attack basically social values right and that's what it is they're attacking social values again to. For, for whatever reason,
0: and it's it's horrible. I think the other thing they're missing is okay. So inflation is going through the roof. Gas right. prices, okay, they're coming down twenty cents, but it's still four fifty nine or sixty nine and beyond. Right. So all these things are coming on that really imp eggs. The other right. day, with my wife and this this lady were at Winco, and this lady looks at my wife and she goes, "Weren't these a dollar fifty last week?" And Kathy goes, "Yeah, three fifty nine for a dozen cheap eggs. Right. These weren't like." organic chicken bottom eggs and these were like the shit eggs yeah and and so when that's where people are at and now they're doing this january 6th thing and i think it's to most people it's irrelevant it's totally and and except for the ones that are still sticking up for biden or hanging hanging no we did the right thing it's like just admit it it's over no and everybody the major population your president has 70 percent Again, people that don't approve. So ninety percent so. of
1: the district that I live—I mean, other than the die-hard—they're gonna—they're gonna they're go gonna Democrat no matter what, and that's okay. i am not, not okay. Whatever. Well, it's is. not working, but it's—it's like it's, it's what they do. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, and I would be hypocritical if I said, "Oh my God, they can't do." that But the whole point is, because there's a huge significant part of the their population—they don't care. They're caring. I mean, do you know that there are high school students that make more than teachers? Yeah. And people don't know that. And so the money that we've poured into education, where the hell's that gone? Right.
0: I mean, seriously, where the hell has that money gone? So how do you, so how do you feel about school choice? Absolutely. All right. So,
1: reservation. The kids whose parents made the sacrifice and put them in Catholic schools got off the reservation. The kids who went to public schools, other than a few of us, I went to a public school, but I would go home and do homework night. Whereas most of the kids, their parents were either alcoholic. Because at reservations at that time, they still are. They're kind of a rural ghetto environment. Right. Controlled, like, a, a put together ghetto. And, and, and the tribes and the families are working themselves out of that when they're given the resources to do that. And they have it. And they, they're, it's, it's fascinating for me to go back because you can see the growth. But it's them doing it, not us. Right? right. And so... Um, so I won't say I don't want to, to sit there and make those accusations, but when I was there, it was definitely a rural ghetto where most of the people were on drugs. Most of them did because you took their honor away from them. Their traditional honor went away. You know they would join the army so they could get some of their traditional honor back through fighting. Right. You know people don't understand that, and that's it's an integral part of their culture. Well, we 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 we, we not necessarily we as in us, but. The, at that time, the thought was that's how you took the savage out of the Indian, right? You made them farmers, and you took the kids away and educated them. It didn't work. So it became a ghetto sort of thing. And so those kids would come back. I their homes are broken. Right. They had nothing to come back. So they didn't study at home. They didn't study at school because school was a fight every single day because of that internal conflict. And so what happened is, is those kids... I had a class of 19, I think, and I'm guessing a handful are either still alive or healthy. You know, haven't been on drugs or alcohol or in jail or something. I only know of four. And the rest yeah. have had really hard lives. There's no hunger alive. And so um, it, it was to pull people out of that, you have, we have to collectively start getting off of those policies and, and coming up with other ways of doing it.
0: And use a little bit of wisdom. So you know what I like about you? I think it's kind of cool because you, you've grown it. You've seen this from a different perspective for most people. Yeah. And so if you come into this office and you win this, um, you can come in and go, okay, it's good to feel well and do good things for mm-hmm. people, but we have to understand their needs and their cultural needs. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not, there is assimilation with people, right. Right, but let them, but do it culturally appropriate to them. And yet what we do is we think we're being culturally appropriate, but right. what we do is go in and pretend like we're them. I've always thought right. this about, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend who's a, uh, she experiences down syndrome, right. and she said to me one time, Rick, I don't need you to guide me through, I just need you to break the glass wall between you and me, Right. so I can come in and then just get the hell out of my way. And let me go in. And you see this with African Americans in our community. The white people go in and then they keep trying to guide them. And it's like they don't need your guidance. These are smart, intelligent, wonderful people. Just get out of the way and let them walk through the door and do it their way rather than here's and 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 we profess to not do that, but we do that because we let our feelings run our our absolutely instead of using our brain and our heart in conjunction.
1: To make decisions. I mean, the classic example of that. I was in—I was in Baghdad. I was working for a fairly high secret, uh, State Department official, very, very high, very influential, very academically attuned to the Central Asia. One of the experts, right? And I remember coming in and saying, and I was—I I had come out of a, a, a province, provincial area, and I was kind of briefing on what was going on, traveling in that area, right, and organization as well. And I remember saying, oh, I just love the, the Afghan culture so much. I just love it all. Now, if only they could treat their women differently, right? Well, their culture, the women and the men's roles are defined in the Quran and defined in tribal, tribal. Because imagine this, you have no electricity. Do you know how long it takes to wash clothes by day, right, by hand, or to go and get water from a mile away, or to cook by hand, or to do just your daily living Manually, well, all the rural communities didn't have electricity, right. which was 95, or, you know, about 90% of the population. And so you say, well, we've got to get the women out working. Where? And who's going to take care of the family? You know, well, the man can do that. Who's going to work on the farm to get money for the food at the bazaar? Right.
0: I mean, so they weren't ready to go there. And we put our values on their culture. Right. Because we And, 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 and honestly, Keith, it, it's pure arrogance. Because we go in thinking this is the way it should be done. We do it this way. And this is called freedom. This is what it really is. When it's not going in and and helping them be who they are. No, no. They have to evolve out of that. Right. Because if they're not like us, then then it's not. Right. Well,
1: it's even worse than that. If you're not like us, then they are morally bad people because they're picking on women, Or they're picking on that person. Or they're picking on that group. Or they don't like that group. We put our values of what is good and bad upon the way we treat people versus how they treat people, and they're not their societies
0: totally different and can't sustain that. So how do you bring that to Corvallis, uh, Oregon? Well, I look at it three ways. Uh, I look at it as you approach every
1: problem. You can't because a lot of these problems are I call them tragic problems in other words, there is no great solution for everybody. Uh, Abortion is one of them. Yeah. A fetus comes up within a woman's body. Should she have the right to her body? Absolutely. I and mean, that's a God-given right, right, to yourself. Mm-hmm. Unless you get a virus. Then apparently not. That's a different issue. My you body, know. my choice. And yeah, I so, will talk to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that
0: does make a lot of people frustrated. It does. It does.
1: Because that's one of those injustice things. It's
0: just for them and their body, but not just for me and my body. If i you're preaching it now, and I may agree with you, but you can't give me the same right. Right. And sure. you come up with an excuse because and, and but it's all basically yeah. and that's the hypocrisy. That's the hypocrisy. It's, it's the same thing with gas. Right. So we can't mm-hmm. put our own people to work. So we're gonna pretend like we're reducing fossil fuels. Right. But our president goes to Saudi Arabia to get fossil fuels from the same planet, so it's still doing the same damage, mm-hmm. but we can't get it from here. So it's feels better because you're well, having someone else do the damage? Well, and, and that goes back to my
1: first thing, which is when you make a decision, I think honor needs to be a part of it. People go, well, what's honor? Well, honor is doing the right thing for the right reason. Right? A lot of that going on. And then being honest in why you're doing it. Right. See, in reality, what Washington is doing and Oregon is they're trying to force people into non-carbon energy. Right. Get your electric car even though you can't afford it. And they're going to use it with with the classic, because this is progressives, this is the democratic theory. So I'm not. This is not a conspiracy thing. This is their theory. Government uses the carrot and a stick to force people to do the right thing. Right, that's government's role in their mind. Right, and there are some times when that needs to be done. I got it. But there's a lot of times when it doesn't need to or cannot be done. And they're carrying a really big stick right now financially, hurting a lot of people. But there's not a lot of carrots. Right. And that's the problem. There's no balance in this. And so I understand what they're doing, but be in front of us. We're going to let prices go up to force you to pay more, to force you to electrical cars. That's what we're going to do. Okay? Well, maybe I don't want that to happen. Well, they're not going to tell you that because you
0: probably can't afford it, right. and you're not going to avoid them in the office. So then the very people who profess to want to help the poor are hurting, are hurting them in the long run and and, and, and really helping the wealthy. Because the only people that are, are able to purchase an electric car okay. or are the wealthy.
1: Now I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that's an unintended consequence, right? Unless they're heavily invested in electrical companies like some of them. Right. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, that's because they want to save the world. Okay, I got that. But if I'm killing people to save the world, then why? Who gets to choose who dies and who doesn't? Right. Is and, that an honour? And is that? And, 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 and oh, by the way, if you're not telling me what the true intention is, that's dishonourable. You got it. I elected you into office. I want to know what the true intention of your decision
0: really is. And, and don't you think the big screw-up is that you've done this, you pushed too hard. Right. Too far, too hard. Right. With the restrictions on COVID that you did, mm-hmm. now there's so much literature out there saying it was wrong. It's caused right. mental problems with our children, their education. I mean, it was a big fuck up. It was. Yes. And 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 now they know it, and they still stand behind it because right. they can't have honor, right, and admit that they fucked it up, right, and admit some of the reasons that they did it were wrong. Right. The assumptions behind it were absolutely wrong. Was their heart in the right place thinking yes, this, this pandemic was going on? I, I'll give them the benefit of I'm getting the best of the doubt. but but you don't don't silence people who are questioning and saying things because a lot of times in the questions you can find better answers and that's what they stopped. Yes. they sealed that down and anybody that brought anything up was just now ninety percent on Facebook now. Yeah. we were shut down on the on the things and then people come on and go, no, you weren't. It's like no, you weren't. Yeah, I was, like and other people like me were. And that's not leadership. No, and so then what you end up doing is you. That you create that frustration, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you have a you have like, you have a battle on your hands, right? And then you try to shut it down, which even adds more fuel to a fire,
1: right? You know, you, you get you get the mass media or you get the uh, social media to shut it down, so you can't you can't express yourself, right? Because we don't want anybody to hear that, which just adds
0: more fuel to that fire, right? And more distrust, by the way. Well, and and I don't, I you know, I'm the first to admit, I don't, I don't think that a red wave is a, the best thing for the country. You know what I mean? I think a balance is needed. We need balance. Yeah. And, and what they're creating by continuing to do this is they're fueling that red wave. Dude. They're going to push it. The very thing they fear, they're going to push right into action because they pushed it too hard. Or worse, in which they use police and military
1: to try to stop the red wave because they have to. Right. To save power. That's the worst of all, because then that's what leads into more violence. And then you do have violence. And it won't be the red wave that causes it. It's going to be the government or the power's reaction to a red wave that they can't stop, politically or economically. So the last weapon of the state they can use is the police. And when it gets to that point, that's where the problem
0: is. Well, and they've alienated the police. Well, not the federal police. Oh. Right? I mean, this is the, whole,
1: the whole issue is, and I hope... In, in, I'm going too. Far. I don't want to go that far because I don't want to sound like a conspiracy guy. Because I think you don't, I don't think you do. But I think, think this is just a
0: natural evolution. I've watched this in other countries, right? But what a profound thing to have you in a house district. Um, and if you could try this in Corvallis yeah. and get people to come on and say, "Okay, let's all just you guys let's let's look at what we've done to our culture right. of, of Corvallis and District 16." Yeah. And and let's change it inside Oregon and go in and use what you know. And then put it with so we bring progressives and and, and republicans and non-affiliates right. together and say, okay, how do we make sure that the family structures of these things that you know the trans folks get get the get the they're brought into the value right. system, but it's not forcing a value system on everybody, on everybody yeah. else either. No. Yeah. you're and the everybody. first person I've ever talked to, and I mean this. I mean, I don't even know you. Yeah. <laughs> but you're the first person that I get it. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, you opened my eyes today. I see it from the, this yeah. is a whole different perspective, and you give me hope. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this is really part of the answer. So,
1: so there's two other things with this. The second part is the balance, and we talked about that, right? So for every issue, there's going to be conflicting philosophy, because I'm a I'm, I'm an amateur philosopher, too. But there's different philosophy. and The philosophy, even Marxism, right, the critical theory, has some merit to it. I don't believe in it as an overall theory, but it has some merit to it in a confined space. The free market has a lot of merit to it in a confined space. We know that. Right. And there's, there's merit to both, but at the right time, at the right place, and contained, right? Well, the critical theory means, you know, the primary assumption is, is that everything's a man-made construct, so it's a battle of hierarchies. And yeah, you go into the organization, there's a hierarchical battle. Line. I got that. But it doesn't have to dictate life. Right. Because not everything is a is a hierarchical battle.
0: Right. If I go to the
1: woods out there, there's no one controlling where every plant and every tree goes and they're all trying to get sun and they're all trying to get water. And you know, that will work a lot better than if I'm out there trying to plant each seed. Right. Controlling the hierarchy. Right. So there is a natural truth that's going to create more life and spread more goodness than me out trying to direct it as a human being. So there are natural truths and there are man-made constructs, and they both have to be integrated to the best possible solution. So that's the balance, right? And, and every every issue there's a philosophy associated with that. Uh, 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 what is what is more important, the personal or the collective? Well, I could fight that all day long, and both are right and they're true. Right. But I always put the <clears throat> preference on the. But one has to be dominant, and the personal always has to be dominant. This is one of the cultural changes we've made. That I think we need to relook at because if all the people are taken care of, the collective is going to be okay. Right. But if the collective is okay, doesn't mean does not mean all the people are being taken care. Of. Right. And so if a theory is only valid unless if every single case it's true, and so the collective theory is a failing theory to begin with. And so, uh, that's why the Bill of Rights is so important, because it's individual. Um, but, but it's two different conflicting theories. But there's a balance of those in every policy. And you've got to have to determine which one's going to take dominance. I would always do the individual, which is why the COVID mandatory things, in my case, should have never happened.
0: Right. You should have had the choice. Right. Don't you think more people would have bought into it? Yeah, you absolutely. Said, I think Governor Brown should have come out and said, hey, we got a problem. Yeah. This is a pandemic. We don't know everything about it, right? But what we know is, if you guys can separate, stay home as much as possible, keep distance yourself. If you're okay with wearing a mask, wear a mask. I bet way more people would have done it than to come down and say, you know, I know this is really, really hard. Right. And pushing this agenda—that's what repelled. It's like it, it repelled people, and it brought in the fearful. Right. It took the people who are fearful of being controlled, right, and threw us out on the other side instead well, of bringing everybody together. Yeah.
1: And the other thing I think people have to understand the balance, right? Right. Government, that's the administrative state. This is true, right? We're, why do we let, un, un, why do we let elected officials figure out technical problems? Right. Because they don't have it. So we're going to allow the experts in the government to do that. The ones hired to do that. That would be the CDC in this case, right? Right. Dr. Fauci. It, and there's the same in locally, you know, local experts, right? The problem is, is that, and it makes sense, have the expert make the policy. The problem is, they become corrupt within themselves, mm-hmm. because then they become, well, I know more than anybody else, so therefore, even when they don't, that goes back to the honesty thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it goes back funny. to the honor thing. Here's my policy, here's why, but here's what I don't know. And we never heard that. Right. We never heard an honest thing about that. We've always heard, well, this is the way it is. But then we find out later that it really wasn't written by anybody. Right. I mean, talk about distrust, I mean, distrust. So, and the third thing, so that was uh, honor and then balance. So there's gotta be a balance in everything. And then, the, and, 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 and that balance, by the way, is gonna change by time and by event. Okay, fine, but that's what legislatures are supposed to do. Right. That's why you have debates. Uh, and then they had, had debates. And, and that's why we got to get more different
0: views into Salem, by the way, so we do have debates. Because right now, there's one of things. No, thing. supermajority is the most dangerous, supermajority of Republicans or Democrats or non affiliates. That's all dangerous. It's dangerous.
1: And then the third thing, of course, is with. So one of the primary things I found in Afghanistan and in the reservation and in Corvallis is, you know, there are some problems. There are no good answers to, and sometimes it's best to do nothing. Here's why. If you think about history and organizations or people, groups, whatever, they evolve over time. They evolve to what works for them, which is why they're still in existence after certain occurrences happen. So sometimes the current conflicts are actually what's holding things together. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's best just not to do anything. You can start get involved with it, figuring out stuff, and look for a forward way out of what's going on. It's better, but sometimes it's just best, as a government, to go, whoa, wait a minute. This is too difficult. This, you know, road versus way. We just had the, uh, it thrown out at national level. Goes back to the state, mm-hmm. right? And so everybody goes, oh my God, what's gonna happen? Why? Right. Don't do anything. This is a great time for what I call a problem where there is no great solution, to just keep it the way it is, and then go, okay, hey, you guys out there, collectively, where do you want this to go? Right. Take a deep breath.
0: We don't have to do
1: anything right now. Right.
0: And this goes to both sides. You know, Because all of a sudden it becomes, people are crossing the lines and dying. I'm, well, that hasn't happened. But you yeah, see, we're so, we're so reactive. Right. and and instead of we we try in in the attempt to try to be proactive we become reactive because sometimes i think in my world god just says rick shut the hell up yeah and sit and be still and know that i am in charge and there's wisdom in that right right i read a a quote from a jewish rabbi just like two weeks ago yeah said it is better to be wise than to be right yeah and sometimes uh,
1: yeah it is you know? Because sometimes right creates really bad problems for those who don't think you're right. And that's okay, but you don't have to force it. And there's a lot of other issues that I could say with wizard. I mean, but we have to start a plan. Sometimes you have to take short-term pains for long-term gain. But, and that, by the way, that's what the energy issue is, right? We're going to make everybody kind of pay the price now, but we are later going to be the world leader in and you know, alternative energy. Well, okay, if that's true, then we well, is eighty-five percent of our supply chain in China. Just say, right? Why are we producing and, stuff
0: here? And before you go into, first of all, these like people need to run a business for a while. Yeah. Like, if you have a business and you're just going to go in and say, okay, scrapping all this and we're just going to do this, you got to mm-hmm. ease into it. And we have nothing to, to. They're talking about rollouts in the Pacific Northwest, uh, right? Power rollouts. Yeah, and they're going to have good- so. That's a good thing. You're going to put people in. M. Well, well that's the, the price to pay for, for gra- progress, right? right? See, why? Why? So you should come up with alternatives before you start moving that yeah,
1: direction. Why, why is that horse. wise? And oh, I don't know, know. Because horse. you're rich enough to have a generator where it's not going to affect you. I got that.
0: But yeah. how about the rest of us? Right. Yeah. And you yeah. have an electric car. Well, then you should just be progressive and get an electric car. They're they're expensive for a family. But, you yeah. know, a lot of the people I'm seeing driving around in my neighborhood are driving old, you know, seventies and eighties cars. Yeah, because that's all they can afford. Right. And and that's an interesting point because I was
1: reading on the Wall Street Journal the other day that even if everybody went to electrical cars, you don't even have near the raw material required to require the build them. So why are we forcing people to
0: electrical cars when the supply chain can't support what they have now? Right. And we don't. We want electric cars, but we don't want people to mine. So in Montana, yes. mining is huge for palladium and um, right. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but both are used yeah. in making chips to make those electric right. cars. How do you make electricity? Coal, water. Well, we don't. We don't want dams, and so we don't want coal anymore. Well, then you don't have electricity. How do you charge a freaking car? Right. So at some point, this becomes, it's going to come to an end. And, head. Why,
1: and what, why does Chinese coal burn burn cleaner than American coal? Apparently. Right. Well, because they're doubling
0: their, their, their capacity to keep up with our demand. So obviously, Saudi oil is not a true fossil fuel. Because right. we can go there and use their oil, but right. we can't use our own. Right. So we pay an, a horrible government right. this, all this money right. to so we can get their oil when we're putting people out of work in yes. our own country. See, that's yeah, that's not honor. No. That's not being honest. Because
1: you're not, you're not telling the truth. Because right. if you were, everything would make sense. Right. So they're making policies. They're, they they even think they're doing the right thing for the right reason, but they're not telling us why. Right. And that's the problem. And then the balance. There is no balance in this because no one else is having a debate. There is no debate about this because you have both houses and in in, in, in in Oregon, there's been no debate about this. Right. In fact, my my competitors paid by the environmental organizations that are behind
0: these arguments. I mean, so we'll they'll go into the next four-star and yeah. see how many legislators get money from Pfizer. Exactly. They'll go look. It's almost everywhere. We're everyone
1: too. Yeah, everyone. I mean, everybody gets about Well, And
0: laws. that's the other side. Both sides are corrupt, too. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm not, this is, when I talk about corrupt, I don't mean illegal corruption. There is what's called legal corruption. Right. And that's the worst kind. Like, for instance, it's, I, it's, I, would, I would
0: say instead of legal, I would say acceptable. Socially acceptable.
1: Well, well, the thing is we use that in Afghanistan too. Acceptable nonsense. See, I'm done I'm, I'm done with the acceptable. I just want real. I'm looking for truth. I, I think most Americans am are. I'm done allowed. with acceptable. Yeah. When there's a bill that's gonna be passed next week, federal level, which also impacts local level, and you have half of the legislators already investing in the stock. Because they know who's going to get the subsidies by company that is legal by their law, right. but it's corrupt. Right. And so I and people can say, "Well, they deserve it." No, they don't. See, that's that's where I really differ with a lot yes. of the American public. The American public's been conditioned to think that politicians should be able to deserve it, right? Because
0: it's always happening. Well, that's what they do, but yeah. you know, and they'll give them a pass when right. it's like. Wait a second. No, it, they don't. A lie is a lie. I right. mean, if you're a God-fearing person, which I am, yeah. a, a lie is a lie, and it's not going to get away with anything. It's so so why are we giving
1: them? Why are we giving them? Oh well,
0: it's okay if you do that because everybody does it. No.
1: You know, we got to and that's got to stop. Yeah. I mean, it's got that, that whole condition has to, and it has to
0: stop from the people who are involved in it. Otherwise, it never will okay so we have less than we actually have gotten like awesome an hour no i love this this is super yeah. fun give them how, how do you get their help oh help? yeah uh so i need help like everything else
1: um uh, you can go to my webpage, page it's www.voteforkiefflenke all one word and it's spelled k-e-i-t-h-l-e-m-b-k-e and i had your name written on there so people so okay, yeah, it's just vote for Keith lumpy when that goes to my webpage, or you can just
0: write to me on email, and it's Keith at vote for Keith Limpie, So, And if this conversation caused you to think, thank God. If it caused you to look at the world a little differently, good. And if you're in Corvallis, help me help
1: you. I don't care who you are. Yeah. If, if you want things, if you want a new approach to what we're trying to do and come together as a team... All approaches and all values, and let's figure out the best ones of them all, vote
0: for me. I promise I'll do that much. All right. Keith, thanks. For being thank here. you, man. Yeah, no, you were welcome. Thank you. Was awesome. uh, yeah. awesome. That was awesome. So, um, yeah, you guys, we want to thank our sponsors again. Uh, Compton Family Wines, Christendal Family Dentistry, and Newly Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. We can't do this stuff without you. Um, the other thing you can do for... Keith, me, and them, is share this on your page. Just immediately take it. Share it on your page. You never know who's going to see this that might go, oh, my
1: God, I have power. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, If any of you out there want me to come talk to any group again, I'll be more than happy to. Just go to the website. Go to the website or the email. Let me know. All right. Good night, you guys.